Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today there are so many things to preach about. We're just going to choose two of them about the holy icons. But anyway, today is the disposition of the clothes of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Constantinople, which were kept in the Belcherna Church along the Bosporus. And the church was build, uh, blown up, I think, during World War I. But they still have the sacred garments of Our Lady. A major portion of it is also kept in Russia. And we're hoping to acquire a small piece somehow for our temple. <clears throat> On the icon stand today, the Tetrapod, you see the icon of Kazan. And uh, that brings to mind the relationship between the icon of Kazan and Our Lady of Fatima. So this year is the 100th anniversary of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima in Portugal. And it was a terrible, dreadful time she came where World War I had struck and people were dying all over Europe. In fact, Europe was mostly destroyed by World War I, destroyed the monarchies, it destroyed the aristocracy, it destroyed the educated class, and uh, with that, we have this downfall in intellectual and social structure of the Western world. <clears throat> world War II came along as predicted by Our Lady of Fatima and sort of finished the job. So we have a Europe today that is largely uh, in difficulty and turmoil. I won't go over all the uh, prophecies of Fatima. We'll do that on another occasion. But I want to talk about our Holy Father, John Paul II, and the Lady, Our Lady of Kazan, Kazanska Matka Boja. As you know, uh, World War II, a lot of icons were brought out of Russia and sold in the West. And one was Our Lady of Kazan. And she's on the reproduction is on the tetrapod today. Uh, actually, I have the notion that our eparchy, our at that time, now the archeparchy and Bishop Kosciuszko, and many of our priests were very devoted to Our Lady of Fatima because she converted, or she said the conversion of Russia was to take place. And of course, Russia today is more Christian than our country, sadly to say. I went to Russia 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I looked at it for myself. Beautiful monasteries being restored, parish churches being restored, uh, unbelievable. So I think Our Lady's prophecy of the conversion of Russia is being fulfilled, although maybe not in the th way we thought, because it's going to be thoroughly Eastern and Orthodox. Now this <clears throat> icon 
was, uh, to make a long story short, was ransomed the United States, not by the Orthodox because they could not raise the money, but apparently by the Catholics, the value of the icon is about $40 million. It's covered with jewels, it's a beautiful thing. One of our priests was sent to Fatima to guard the icon in the Domus Dei. There's a Byzantine chapel in Fatima above the hotel. So he put it in there and he became frightened because of the value and being responsible for it. So he had a reproduction made and he took the original icon to our Holy Father in Rome and the Holy Father kept it in his apartment there in the Apostolic Palace. <clears throat> in the time of St. John Paul II, he determined that they should be returned, should be returned to its motherland where it belongs, Kazan, and way out in Russia there, Eastern Russia. And uh, so he started negotiations and Putin came to Rome quite a few times. Experts came and said, well, that is an authentic icon. It may not be the only icon of Kazan, but it may be the original or the one that was kept in Kazan. So anyway, uh, the Holy Father was wishing to go himself to Russia with this icon. That would never take place. One of the cardinals from the Curia would go with it, and they asked uh, if the patriarch would receive the icon. The patriarch did not make a response. But when, uh, the icon arrived in Kazan. Uh, the patriarch was there to receive it and place it in the, its home, a newly refurbished monastery. In the meantime, the people there next to that monastery built a Latin Rite church to Our Lady of Fatima. And from that point onward, there's been a terrific dialogue going on between the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. And we are grateful for that. And every day almost, or once a week, we get some news of the nature of this dialogue. I think the next one is gonna be in Crete. And one of the significant things was the Baalam Agreement, where they recognized, the Russians recognized, the historical right of the Eastern of Ruthenian churches and Ukrainian churches to exist in their motherlands, a big thing for us. So we pray for this continuation of the dialogue and maybe the Eastern Christian spirituality which we see uh, in the Eastern church directly from the apostles will also come into these lands over here and convert these people to the Orthodox Christianity, Orthodox Catholic Christianity, which our monastery represents. Our monastery is in these wild lands out here, and we are praying for the conversion of the world, the consolation of the churches, that they can give a fully mature witness to the gospel of Christ, for peace in the world, for the 
conclusion of the terrible, terrible persecution of the Eastern churches in the Holy Land and other places. For our part, we should be praying for these things. We here at the monastery dedicate our life to these things. And also, again, the media is trying to destroy our Catholic Church. Cardinal Pell is accused of uh, uh, misdemeanors. And uh, as he's the third person or the third in rank in the Vatican. He runs the Vatican's finances. He's from Australia. And he's denying these accusations. And they're old. You'd think there'd be a limitations on them. But uh, he has denied them, and he's gone back to Australia to defend himself. So we find the Catholic Church in persecution everywhere, both East and West. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ said, I will give you all blessings and persecution besides. So sometimes I feel that our own mother church, the Ruthenians, uh, founded by Sir Methodius in 863, has always suffered sort of persecution, but it's growing now by leaps and bounds in Europe, and slowly it's growing here in the United States. I think we are the part of the reconversion if America was ever Christian. I sort of doubt it. But we are part of that message from the Eastern churches, the original hidden mystery of Christ in the East. And uh, one commentator said, you know, the Catholic Church has a great treasure which is hidden. And he said that was the Eastern Catholic Churches. So this sermon today, this holy liturgy, I ask you to pray for our Holy Father who undergoes all this suffering. And he is a good person, regardless of what the newspapers say. He's a wonderful person. And the Holy Spirit has put him in charge of the church. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit. So he's probably the Pope we need at this time. And he's doing a terrific job in the dialogue with the Orthodox churches and the other churches in trying to bring Christianity back to Europe and make it prosper here in this place, in this Duhovni Dome, uh, in Eastern Europe, in Western Europe. So once again, we will hear the melody to Christ singing throughout the world. So today, my dear brothers and sisters, pray for this intention and remember, most holily remember, to pray for the Catholic Church and this monastery. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.